What's going on, everybody? Jason and Alex back again for the fantasy football sackos. We got a lot in store for you, and I promise Greetings. As much as Alex is yawning, we are not going to bore you to death. Here. No, we it have- wasn't a yawn. I was just getting ready to say something. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got week we- 16 championship waivers on hand. This is going to be a fun Although, one. Although, I could be yawning because you put me off for like an hour and a half so you could watch the finale of The Bachelorette. So, maybe it was a yawn and I'm just unintentionally doing it. I don't know. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos Podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krobe. All right, let's get to it, boys and girls. It is Hold championship on, wait a week. Yeah. Hold on, there was no let's go. We've been doing this for like 60 episodes and then you just don't do it. <laughs> it's championship week. We're already oh, here. Okay. Everybody's already going. The train oh, okay. has left the station. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Let's let's win it. Let's seal the deal. All right, it's championship waivers. Uh, Interesting week 15 that we are filming during the middle of the Pittsburgh Steelers game. If you want to call it that. Um, Man, does Ben look old? Yikes. You have like he's setting career records for uh, lows, career lows in uh yards per attempt and yards per completion this season and he just he looks the part also juju making tiktoks at center field prior to the start of the game not a great idea and then just getting absolutely rocked and turning the ball over fantastic i love instant karma huge fan of instant karma and that was that was oh my god oh did you see did you see uh uh-huh. the Bengals Twitter account go for the jugular? No, I did not, but I'm excited oh, to hear about it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um they they tweeted at Vaughn, which is uh their defensive player, knocks it out from Pittsburgh TikTok star. Watch on ESPN. <laughs> they tweeted a highlight. They call him the Pittsburgh TikTok star. I love it. That's yeah, he doesn't even have a name at this point. And he's been a terrible fantasy player, too. Yeah, just a a really weird week 16 where or sorry, week 15, where some studs didn't perform. If you're still alive, congratulations. Um, You know, you look at the DKs, the the cam makers, um, just just kind of a rough. Yeah, Keenan Allen was terrible on on Thursday. Just a just a rough uh, rough week. So if you've survived so far, congratulations. If you're looking for somebody to plug and play, I wouldn't say we have a ton for you. And I know, please listen to the next fifty minutes of this podcast. Um, but there, <laughs> <laughs> but but there there is not a lot. I mean, just like for general week sixteen advice, start your studs. They got you here. I mean, the only way you don't play somebody is if you have a horrific matchup. Um, and, and just play, play the guys that got you there. There, there it's, there's very little out there that could win you a week, but there there's two or three guys where if they aren't rostered, you should be spending all your fab. You should be using your priority waiver spot for them. 
Um, we'll highlight them for you here. Um, otherwise, like, congrats on getting the title game. Thank you for listening all season. Hopefully, we've we've helped you get there. If you have any questions, you know, tweet at us at the the FF Sackos on Twitter, or Instagram. We're on Facebook. Nobody follows us on Facebook, but we're there. If you want to find us and and click like or follow, we'd appreciate it. Um, yeah, people post all the time on, on our videos and say, "Hey, start start this person, start this person." Like we're we're available. We're going to answer your questions. So so bring them. Uh, we'd love to help you try to win a title this week. Yeah. And speaking of Twitter, we are only 998,791 followers away from a million. So, oh, I let's mean, go. Really? Yeah. We're tracking there we well. Go. It'll be like 2075, but we'll get there eventually. Oh, um, I take the, I would take the well over on that if we're betting over unders. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope we're still doing this in 55 years. Christ. Oh my God. Shoot me now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Maggie will be grown up. She'll have her own grandkids. Oh, it'll be great. Oh, Grandpa Crow. Yeah, I recommend Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> and Frank Gore. I think I uh, think Frank Gore is going to be a terrific Frank player Gore this week. Frank Gore will still be playing. <laughs> yeah. Nine, 90-year-old Frank Gore in 2050 uh, or 2075. Yeah. Jeez. All right, let's get some quarterbacks here. Um, I mean, there's a ton of names, right? There's a ton of names, a ton of guys that you could plug and play. Yep. My favorite... And um, I said that I would start him over several guys last week, including Herbert, who I got a lot of crap for, uh, and Derek Carr. Um, I said I start him over. I, I don't even know. Basically, anybody that we talked about last week, I said I would start J- Jalen Hurts over because of his rushing floor. Um, and it wasn't even really there this week either. It was, I mean, he was, he was fine, but it's not, it's not like he had that hundred yard rushing floor again. Yeah. But it, it was freaking beautiful watching him play. I tell you what, um, lit up Arizona 24, 44. I mean, he only completed 55% of his passes with 340 yards, three scores, 11 for 63 and another score on the ground it just goes to show you. Those rushing yards and a rushing touchdown just mean so much more for quarterbacks. Um, whoa, 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 hold on, Jason. We have some breaking news. Uh, Doug Peterson said that he's actually going to start Jalen Hurts this week. I know that might come as a surprise. Wow, but I'm shocked. Yeah, he he actually said he's going to stick with his rookie quarterback after his performance this week. I can't believe it. Wow, I'm just flabbergasted. <laughs> um I know Carson Wentz basically said there's no way he wants to stick around to be a backup next year, but bad news, buddy. <laughs> it's not going to be great. His contract sucks, though, to keep Hold around on. as a backup. But hey, you Hold got hurts on. on a rookie deal. Just real quick. If you're Carson Wentz and you have like $140 million guaranteed or however much, let's say $120 million guaranteed, wouldn't you just want to stay the backup and not get hit somewhere? Like you can just you know, save your body and you're guaranteed $120 million. Well, like, think about isn't it there this just way. a small part of you that would want to do that? That's what Bradford did when they drafted Carson Wentz. Bradford was the seat, you know, the guy that was on the deal that was supposed to be the guy. And then they drafted Wentz and now Wentz is the guy. And then they drafted Hertz. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of full circle for him. He can uh, see the door though. I think Jalen Hurts is much better for that team given where it's yeah. at right now. So clearly, um, Jalen Hurts rostered in only a third of leagues at 33% criminally 
criminally under rostered. Um, I think should be rostered in any league that's left, every league that's left, um, regardless of size. I would absolutely smash plug and play against Dallas. Um, the injuries came to Dallas in droves in this last week, two weeks, really, I mean, all season since Dak went down, but especially on the defensive side of the ball this past week, I know Van Der Esch got hurt um, along with a couple other starters on defense. So I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a day against Dallas. Uh, it's going to hurt so good. And I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes in the top six in week 16. So I would plug and play him over a ton of people. Um, it'll be interesting if we, I mean, all the rest of the guys that we have written down, I would plug and play him over. So if we can talk about some of them. Um, first up, Marcus Mariota versus Miami. Did you see enough from Marcus Mariota to find him viable against Miami? Um, probably not, but again, he's got that rushing floor too, nine for 88, um, and played in limited action where they didn't have a game plan for him. Although it's a much rougher matchup against Miami. So yeah, it's nothing that I would be super excited for, but, um, they were, they were running him all over the place against one of like a bottom five defense. So I would say Miami is probably closer to the top five defense. And the the Chargers are bottom five defense. So I, I would not start him. Be aware of him. Um, if first is available, obviously taking him over Mariota. Um, I believe you called him Marcus Blowyota or whatever you Marcus said before. Marcus Bloda. Uh, or Mary Broda if, you're, if you are so oh. inclined. If, um, if you're a fan. Yeah. All right. Now talk to me about Baker. Do you think Baker Mayfield rostered in only 27% of leagues? is uh, a little bit more viable. Baker and the Browns are at the Jets in week 16, who are giving up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position at 25 and a half over the last four weeks. So you got to be liking what Baker is cooking. Um, I mean, <laughs> see the rock. Um, I mean, go. he's he's got he's got nine touchdowns over his last three games, 11 in the last four. Um, one rushing, uh, eight, eight passing touchdowns in the last three. Um, so, I mean, it's a great matchup. The, the thing that would scare me about him is just the fact that they could just ground and pound the Jets into submission um, b- between Hunt and between Chubb that, you know, I, I look at him similar to Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, Tannehill's way better than Mariota and we, we can, I, we've covered Tannehill uh, he's got more total touchdowns than than um, freaking Mahomes does in the last like twenty four games or something like that. It's just stupid. Then who? What? So, what? Who? The MVP guy? But that guy? That Mahomes? Yeah, it's true. It's it's really crazy. He's so um, good. He is. Um, so I. Um, yeah, the the that's the only thing that concerns me about Baker is being. It's a great matchup. But do they just turn the ball to Hunt and Chubb and just destroy them? That's that's my own. That's literally my only concern. Yeah, I could see that. I could see them trying to do that. Um, it's just gonna, I think, be a little bit more difficult. I mean, LA found that out the hard way this uh, this past week. The Jets Disaster. are top ten. The Jets are top ten against the run. So um giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs. So I really wouldn't be expecting a whole lot from Hunt or Chubb uh in that game. Maybe hmm. Hunt a little bit more than Chubb, but um 
honestly, what my sneaky play, I have a, I mean, there's so many, there's a, there's a couple sneaky plays here, but I think my number two behind Hertz is probably honestly to attack of Iloa going yep. up against Vegas in Vegas rostered in a quarter of leagues. <clears throat> um, that ground game that he has and his rushing ability again is going to give him that floor. Um, we haven't really seen it in terms of yardage wise, but he does have three rushing scores in his last two games, only 145 passing yards against new England. And but the, through, but the two rushing touchdowns helped but, a lot too. Absolutely. And, and, and just to, just to talk about Vegas real quick. I mean, they've, and, and I'll mention this for some other quarterbacks too, but They've given up 35 in their last two, 33 in their last three, 35 in their last four, 35 in their last five, and 31 points per game over the last six. Like, I don't know how Miami doesn't get to 30, essentially, with a terrible defense um, in in Vegas. Um, and so just for that reason, they're going to score a ton of points. We, we're going to highlight some of their um, their running backs here eventually, but it's like the the fact that you know, when they get to the goal line, if two is going to run the ball in and has the passing upside, I don't know if Kasiki or Parker's playing. It's only if we're recording this Monday night again. Um, but if they play, then yeah, Tua has a really high upside just based on matchup purely. Yep. And then uh, a couple of our more stretch guys. I don't know how you make it to the championship game. Uh, having to stream this deep unless you're in like a 16 team league or something, but Phil rivers at Pittsburgh rostered in 18 and a half percent of leagues, uh, man, that's a desperate heave ho. If you're throwing out Phil rivers and then Mitch Trubisky at Jacksonville rostered in 20 and a half percent of leagues. Do you like either of those guys? Do you think either one of them is worthy of, I mean, you'd have to be, I can't imagine how desperate you would have to be to start either Mitch or Phil, especially after what Trubisky did or really didn't do against Minnesota because they turned to the ground game last week, only completing 15 of 21 for a, a whopping 200 yards in uh, yeah, a score so, and a pick. Yeah. So, so a couple things on both guys, right? So Philip rivers is, uh, he's got two plus touchdowns in each of the last five games, um, which is good. Um, and I'm actually a little surprised he's not rostered in more leagues. His issue is yardage, right? Is he's, he's not putting up those huge passing games because they're running the ball so much. Pittsburgh has a really good rushing defense. And so how effective will, will Taylor be and will Frank Reich opt to throw the ball more? And if that's the case, I actually do think Philip rivers could be, um, playable because the way to beat Pittsburgh is through the air. Um, so, I mean, just abstractly, that makes a ton of sense, right? Where, yeah, I understand he's a very desperate play, but he's probably available if you're playing and if you're in a rough spot in a different quarterback, like let's say you're starting Jared Goff as an example, like I would obviously take Philip Rivers over him. And then Mr. Bisky, like this is the first time the Bears have scored over 30 points, um, in three straight games in like seven years, um, <laughs> which I mean, don't get me wrong. That's saying you're the you're the shortest giant or something like that but like at least you know you are um like mitch's look good and so he's facing jacksonville who's awful is in jacksonville you should have good weather um 
Yeah, if if they're going to run Montgomery 30 times for the first... I think that's the first time he's had more than 20 carries all year, and then they end up giving him 30. What Um, a badass. Yeah, he's great, right? I I love that we talked him up a month and a half ago about go out and get him for your playoff matchups. The... Jacksonville's not going to be trying to win. They they have Trevor Lawrence in their sights now that the Jets won. Um, they're going to actively not try to win that game. Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think Mitch Trubisky is playable. The issue with that is, is do they get up too too much and they're just going to run the ball uh, to run the clock? So the, those those are two guys that I, I actually do think are playable. Um, I would take Philip Rivers over Trubisky, though, um, just because of a higher floor. Uh, speaking of David Montgomery, last year there were six running backs that had 20 plus points in two of the three postseason fantasy football weeks, weeks 14 through 16. David Montgomery has done it already in two games. So he's done it back to back weeks. He is one of two running backs that can boast that feat of going 20 plus points in the first two weeks of the fantasy playoffs. Alex, who is the other one? The other one is no doubt about it, Derrick Henry. And we again, also we, said to go get. Yeah, we. I I need to go back and listen two months ago to our trade targets because we knocked that that thing out of the park, man. Um, that I, I was super proud of how to p- plan your league for COVID this year, and um, that has been s- supplanted by here's the trade targets because we killed that. And I hope people listen to it. Um, and I already can't wait to do it next year because we we crushed that thing. We absolutely did. Um, now, I, I do want to say that while you mentioned Jared Goff, can we just nickname him Jagoff because he's pretty worthless? <laughs> I feel like I feel like there's really just no more appropriate nickname for Jared Goff than Jagoff. Which is a stupid, irritating or contemptible person. <laughs> Is that a yes? That, that I, was so good. There's no objections. So Jared Goff it is. Awesome. Thanks, Jared Goff. <clears throat> now moving on. Shall we get to running backs? Uh, uh, it, don't don't start Jared Goff this week. Um, no, he's a Jagoff. <laughs> as, as much as, again, we mentioned this last week, but as much as Seattle looks like a good matchup, um, and this is going to sound crazy, but on average, they've given up the least amount of points the last two weeks, the last three weeks, the last four weeks, the last five weeks, and they've given up the second least amount of points the last six weeks. You do not like, in my opinion, I don't know if you want to play any Rams players this week. Uh, Cam Akers is, is out. Do, do you really trust Woods or Cooper Cup? Or Tyler Higby or Reynolds or Everett or any, just do you really want to play Daryl Henderson? You can't play Malcolm Brown. Just rough, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do with that offense at all. Seattle is number nine against quarterbacks um, in terms of fewest fantasy points given up. They give up the ninth fewest uh, fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last month at only 13.3. Uh, you mentioned the receivers. The receivers hasn't been any better. Uh, we mentioned it going into this week. Uh, Seattle was number one against receivers. So 
I'm not sure exactly how after this week those stats will change. Um, but again, Seattle has been much better the second half of the season after Adams has come back for that defense. So Jared Goff and is... This, go ahead. And, and, th- and this will be the week that after losing to the Jets, the Rams come out and score like 48 points and yeah. they're just in a shootout and you're just going to throw your hands up and be like, well, what do you do? And that's why he's a jack off um, <laughs> running back waivers. There were a couple injuries uh, that were notable that are fab worthy. Uh, Clyde Edwards, Alaire could not walk off under his own power, um, had a lower leg injury. He's going to be out for sure. So that is going to leave Le'Veon Bell um, as a potential waiver wire claim. He, he's rostered in more than 50% of leagues. But check and see if he is there. It is like what what a top three offense in the league, if not the top offense. Um, you're going to want to start Le'Veon against Atlanta, who's um, I mean, that's they're going to put up a ton of points. So you want Le'Veon there. And then other than Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Alaire getting it hurt. Cam Akers is out. So you have Daryl Henderson at Seattle who's still rostered in almost 60% of leagues. So he's not really available. Um, So I can't really recommend him there either. But then the one guy that is available is Zeke was hurt and did not play. And his calf strain has evidently gotten worse. Uh, It looks like he might be shut down again this week. Tony Pollard absolutely exploded in Zeke's absence um, to the tune of 28 and a half, uh, half PPR fantasy points with a line of 12 rushes for 69 yards, two nice. scores on the ground, six catches for 63 yards through the air, uh, has Philadelphia at home, which I do not like a whole lot. Um, if Philadelphia is good anywhere, I think it's mostly up front. They are only 23rd against uh, running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed. So, I mean, I just, Kenyon Drake couldn't do much against them. So, I mean, granted, I think Tolene Pollard is probably a better running back than him. But out of, out of let's call them the replacements. Okay. Out of Le'Veon Bell, Tony Pollard, and Daryl Henderson, how would you order your waiver priority or fab priority if you're going for the ship? You got Pollard versus Philly, Bell versus Atlanta, and Henderson at Seattle. Who are you dropping the dough on if they're all there? It's you and one other guy, right? So you feel like that makes it pretty straightforward. Um, well, I mean, you got the third place game, so it's you and three other people. So, I mean, my first thought is looking at this in a vacuum, the answer is Tony Pollard, right? But the fact that Zeke can come back and was expected to play this week and got a, was a late scratch is rough. Tony Power had a 40-yard touchdown run. So I know I'm somewhat hypocritical in saying you take out that one play because I, I called you on, on that a couple of weeks ago. But if you take out a 40-yard touchdown run, he had 11 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. Um. So I don't know if I don't know that's if that nine is points the, plus his receiving work. No, that's true. He, yeah, I, you're right. You're right to bring up the the receiving work with nine targets, um, six catches, sixty three yards. Um, so it's still fifteen. So, 
Yeah. So, so in a vacuum, 20, if you're PPR in a vacuum, it's Pollard. Um, I don't think you can start Henderson. Um, because I just don't want to, you, I don't trust that backfield. Malcolm Brown could do what he did week one and end up with the touchdown vultures. He's probably the two minute um, guy. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I honestly, I, I think I'm going Lev Bell. Um, just for the hope he, of a touchdown. Hope of a touchdown. You have a dynamic offense. Um, Atlanta's been pretty good against running backs. Um, just their defense overall since Raheem Morris has taken over has been much better. Uh, this is the first week that they gave up 30 points in the last six weeks. Um, so I, um, I, I would go Love Bell if he's available. Um, if Love Bell's not available, um, going with Pollard, only hoping that Zeke doesn't play um, because at worst you're getting catches out of him. Um, I'm going to disagree with you uh, for one reason, and that reason is Daryl Williams, who played 22 snaps for Kansas City uh, in on 22% of plays in week 15. Um, Le'Veon Bell only played 31. So I think that it will be a split. Um, hopefully Lev Bell ends up getting, um, you know, the goal line work there to make him a little bit more viable. But I think that there will be a nice hefty helping of Daryl Williams. Um, but for that reason, I am out on Le'Veon Bell, who I think is kind of marginal talent wise. I'm much more attracted to Tony Pollard and his 90%, 90% snap share um, in week 15 and what that mm. would look like in a championship week, even against Philly uh, rostered in only 35% of leagues. He's also more available to more players. Yeah. He's going to have 90% of snaps. If Zeke sits again, um, Rico Dowdle only played in a relief role. <laughs> Who? Rico, uncle Rico, Rico Dowdle. Um, so I, I'm guy. going Tony, even with the crappy offense, I'll take the volume. I'll take the shirt roll and the check down passes, especially if you're in PPR, I would go Tony. Um, and, and it's at home in a dome. So you're going to have good weather, um, in, in Dallas. Um, and I failed to mention this at the top, but you know, it's another one of those things. Check the weather because if it's slick or snowing, um, I generally don't trust wide receivers, but I will trust running backs in snow or slick conditions um, just because teams tend to run the ball a little bit more. Yep. All right. Now let's move on. Shall we to uh, some other running backs we got here? Um, next up, we have Malcolm Brown. We already mentioned him a little bit. He's obviously much more widely available than Daryl Henderson. Uh, Malcolm Brown is only rostered in 24% of ESPN leagues. Is he viable at Seattle? Uh, if you think if they get down, they're going to have to pass a lot, or do you think it's going to be sort of a stalemate game Two good defenses lining up against each other? Man, it, I feel bad about even bringing Malcolm Brown up because of everybody that spent like, I don't know, all the fab after the, week one and week yeah, two after week one where he had 18 carries and then 11 carries and hasn't had as many cents. Um, yeah, you, you can't trust him. Um, I don't think you should pick him up. Um, I, I don't even want you to look at him as an option on your bench to be like, oh, Seattle. Um, I, I think you're better off just completely staying away from him, knowing he's there, knowing it's an option. Um, 
if the the reason I wouldn't do it is because I'd rather see your opponent pick him up and put him in and be like, he could score like zero points. Yes, yes, he could. It'd be right? great. So, so Five like that's, catches for fifteen yards. Yeah, yeah, maybe like that's that's the thing where. You know, you don't have to play defense anymore. You can almost play offense and be like, go ahead and pick him up. And if yeah. he goes off, it sucks. But, you know, he probably won't. What I would say, though, too, is a little bit to be the opposite of that is like just because you have a set team and you're set roster and you don't want to play any of these guys does not mean yeah. that you should not be picking them up. Because Correct. if you pick them up, it's playing keep away from your opponent. You don't want your opponent to be able to go pick up and play Tony Pollard. So you need to still be active on the waiver wire, especially if you have a little bit more fab than they do. Sprinkle in a couple more bucks than maybe they even have left on a couple guys. If you're sitting there with a nice fat bankroll, if you came in as like the number one or number two seed. Um, Yep. All right. Next up, we got somebody that actually, I mean, I like the matchup. Um, Savin Ahmed. At Vegas, rostered in about a quarter percent of leagues, a quarter of leagues, excuse me, 24% of leagues. Um, Are you looking forward at all to Mr. Ahmed and what he might be able to do against Vegas? Um, I mean, he did manage 23 carries for 122 yards and a score against New England. Um, Vegas currently, over the last month, is giving up the most fantasy points per game to running backs at almost 33 fantasy points per game to the position. I yeah, wouldn't, I, he could be the waiver wire pickup, honestly. If he Gaskin could be doesn't the, play. You, well, that's the thing is we don't know if Gaskin's going to play. I mean, you start on the COVID list, um, you know, on the 12th. So we're recording this on the 21st. So that was nine days ago. Um, he was not activated on Sunday. So Salvin Ahmed had a, had a, well above average game even that you basically had two two touchdowns vultured from him too with two uh um that were inside the 10 so um theoretically 20 plus uh, fantasy points no i know he, he had a great game um uh, but if gaskin gets activated can you trust either of them i don't know um you're honestly your guess is as good as mine is um the the thing is, is that gaskin was great um, you know, for a couple weeks there in the middle of the season, and then he got hurt and he hasn't played since week 13, where he had 21 carries for 90 yards. I feel like if Gaskin is active, that he's the guy, um, in a great matchup, um, uh, Gaskin's roster in 76% of leagues. So I doubt that he's available. Um, so I think you pick up Ahmed in hopes that Gaskin is not active. And then, yeah, I, th- I think you can play him against the, a really leaky Raiders defense. who's one of the worst in the leagues. It's in Vegas. Um, so you have a, have a great indoor game. Um, we've already highlighted what Vegas gives up on a points per game basis. Basically over, they've given up 30, 30 points each of the last, you know, X amount of weeks or on average it is over that. Um, so it's a great matchup. Um, I would pick him up if he's available, just just so somebody else can't if Gaskin doesn't play. I agree. I would start whoever the starting running back is for Miami. Um, if that's Ahmed, great. If it's Gaskin, great. I would start anybody against Vegas. Even if, if yeah, I mean anybody Ahmed was questionable. Ahmed was questionable going into Week 15 with a soldier shoulder injury, and so. If, 
for whatever reason, if neither of them play, I would fire up DeAndre Washington. Like I would fire up anybody against Vegas. Um, next up, we have good old Ty Johnson um, of the New York Jets going up against Cleveland this week, rostered in less than 9% of leagues, uh, managed 14 and a half fantasy points in half PPR, only had three rushing attempts for 16 yards, did have six catches for almost 40 yards and a score. Um, do you like Ty Johnson? You got to think that if you're the type of team that is picking up and plugging Ty Johnson, that you don't, there's no way you made it this far. I mean, Frank Gore, I wouldn't, Frank Gore, I wouldn't back, think so. Right. No, like, no. Yeah, no, I, yeah. 100%. Um, he should not be rostered if you're, you know, again, this is one of those, Hey, let's look at low hanging fruit. He's got the, He's got the points, so should he be picked up? And the answer is no. Um, and even the same thing with Frank Gore, right? I mean, he's only rostered in 21% of leagues. Um, he had 23 carries for the ageless wonder Frank Gore. Um, 13 fantasy points. I, I would rather have Gore than I would Ty Johnson. Um, but I would not start either of them against Cleveland, who um, has a really, what I think is a good defense, even though they've, They've kind of given it up the last couple of weeks in in some sort of manner, although they they destroyed the Giants uh, Sunday night. Um, just somebody to be on your radar. I don't think you need to pick him up. I wouldn't pick up Frank Gore either. Um, but just know that Frank Gore is probably going to have the majority of the touches, but Ty Johnson has potentially the higher upside of the two. Then next up, we have a, a few depth guys. Uh, Derrinton Evans. Um, man... As a Derrick Henry manager, was he frustrating um, as the know, backup? Right? As the backup uh, for Derrick Henry for the Tennessee Titans, uh, averaged or had almost 14 fantasy points with an uh, eight rushes for 30 yards, two catches for almost another 30, and a touchdown. Um, finishes with 13 and a half fantasy points. Man, what could have been a, a another whopping day for Derrick Henry? Still had 20 plus fantasy points, but. Man, that would have been that would have been a nice little cherry on top and back to back weeks. Um, but you got to think that Green Bay is going to be able to keep this game a lot closer than uh, Detroit was able to, and so maybe you see more Derrick Henry and it's a little bit more higher scoring. Um, but either way, do you think Durant Evans is worth adding? Only nope. rostered in a percent and a half. Nope. Yeah, just just a name to be aware of. Again, don't add him just because he got a big week. He's clearly the backup. He might even be the third stringer there because they were up so much that they just put him in. Yeah, he scored a touchdown, but do not do not add him. Um, I would just also add that Green Bay, Tennessee has the highest over under the week, which is 56. You're expecting a ton of points. Um, the Titans are going to, like Derrick Henry might go for 200 yards again against one of the bottom five rushing defenses in the NFL in Green Bay. Um, so yeah, do not add him. You could, but I, there, there's literally no point. You'd have to bank on a, on a Henry injury and hopefully that doesn't happen. How disappointed were you though? Um, in Mike Davis against the Packers, um, only finishing with 14 rushing attempts for a whopping 59 yards against green Bay. Like I was expecting so much more on the ground. Uh, I, I mean, granted, you know, they, they Titans got, they, got much be, better they didn't than have the Carolina. ball. Yeah, they didn't have the ball and um, they got behind. Like, it's not like a super surprise, I guess, but it's the just a little fumble bit disappointing. at the goal line was not pretty. No, yeah, I agree. But so, yeah, it's a, it was obviously disappointing. But I mean, yeah, you're not, not starting Derrick Henry 
<laughs> Somebody else you're not starting, well, that you're actually not starting, is Gus Edwards going up against the Giants, rostered in 26% of leagues. I think he's a safe drop to go after any of these other guys, the injury starters or Jalen Hurts or anybody, really. Like, Gus Bus is nothing special here. Um, uh, rostered in 26% of leagues. Am I right on that? Are we on the same boat? Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, but the issue is so half PPR. I mean, he has seven or more points each of the last four weeks. Um, so does he have a high four? I don't know. I mean, over that period, he's averaging what, like five yards a carry, six yards a carry, maybe a, a smidge more than that. Um, the issue is that the Giants defense is is pretty good um, overall. So I, I would not be excited to start Gus. Um, I understand if you're in a rough spot, uh, he, he could get in the end zone, um, but he just doesn't have the usage to be useful. No, he does not. Um, somebody that does have the usage to be useful is Lynn Bowden Jr. Also going up against Vegas roster in 14 and a half percent of leagues, especially in full PPR. Um, not yep. so much in half PPR, but excuse me. If you also have um, uh, Devonte Parker and Jakeem Grant sitting out again, then I think that Bowden could potentially be viable. 13 catches in the last two games. Uh, granted, this last week, he only had six for 37, but still full PPR, especially against Vegas. That's going to be a viable, viable play if you're absolutely desperate. Yeah, I think so. And we, we brought him up last week. Um, you know, j- just a note again on, on ESPN, he's um, eligible at running back and wide receiver. Um, so, I mean, if you basically want to start a wide receiver at your running back position, um, you know, when, when Bowden is available, um, we mentioned him last week, 14.5% rostered. He's got seven or more points in each of the last three games after doing nothing the entire season. Um, the Vegas matchup is a great one. And so, I mean, who would have ever thought about Lynn Bowden Jr. getting started um, in a in a fantasy title game? But I mean, here we are. He he is playable um, if you're in a really tough spot. Yep. All right, let's move on to receivers, shall we? Um, actual receivers that are not eligible for running back. First up, we have Rashard Higgins, Cleveland at. New York Giants or Jets, excuse me, rather uh, rostered in 16.3% of leagues. He has really been viable um, since a while since OBJ went down. Um, Yeah, he had almost, I mean, nine and a half fantasy points this week and half PPR scoring four catches for 76 yards on five targets. I mean, look, the Giants have a good defense, a really good defense. Uh, The two weeks before that, he had 19 targets and combined for 160 yards plus 170 yards in the previous two games um had another yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's basically had the same exact line for three straight weeks and two of the weeks he scored a touchdown and the last week he didn't so that's why it was only nine and a half points yeah and then you you know build in the fact that they're going up against the jets this week or giving up the fourth most fantasy points to receivers over the last month at 44 yeah I mean, it's appealing. I would, he shouldn't be on the waiver wire if I'm being completely no. honest. Like, he should have been added. It's criminal that he's only rostered in 16% of leagues. He should be added and played. Yeah. yeah uh, I was surprised it wasn't around 50%. I mean, cons- at least considering high who, 30s, low 40s. Yeah. Considering who is at 50%. Um, 
but yeah, Richard Higgins, uh, has been very good. You should add him. You can play him. Um, not even if you're in a tough spot, I think you should consider playing him. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I'd have the guts to start him over Robert Woods or, or Cooper cup uh, against Seattle, but I think you would have to at least consider it. Um, just because of a matchup consistency and, and what he's done in the past. Um, I, I think you could look at starting Rashard Higgins over both of them, honestly. Rashard Higgins or Russell Gage? That is a great question. It obviously depends on if Julio plays. Assuming um, Julio sits. Um, <laughs> I would probably start Rashard Higgins. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, better matchup than at yep. KC for Russell Gage, Rashard Higgins, or who's somebody that's like fringe being played. Michael Gallup's looked good a couple weeks in a row. Would you throw in Michael Gallup here? No, I, I would take Higgins over him too. Uh, Rashard just, Higgins just, or just Tyler because Boyd. Of comp- yeah, competition for targets. Um, I would play Higgins because you don't know what Cincinnati's offense is going to look like. Boyd is obviously falling off a cliff. Um, tonight, literally, he's had zero catches as we're recording this. I know he got dinged up a little bit on a hit early, um, but I mean, you can't start a single Cincinnati wide receiver going forward. Rashard Higgins or Kiki QT? I would go QT. Okay. Interesting. Probably. Pro- probably. Uh, well, I I don't know. We're, we're, we're going to talk about... Um, my guy Chad Hansen here in a couple minutes, but if if Cooks plays and you have Hansen, um, I, I would like to amend that, and I would I would start Higgins just because the matchup's too good to not. There are not out of like the the flex quality receivers. There are very few, I think, that I would start over Richard Higgins. Uh, I think he is a high high end flex play for me. I agree. Um, I agree. All right. Uh, we talked about, do, do you want to dive in a little bit on Greg Ward, Philly at Dallas rostered in only a whopping 5% of leagues. Um, Greg Ward has been extremely viable, uh, 15 and a half fantasy points this week. Um, two touchdowns, Thirteen. four yeah. for 15, two scores, five targets. I mean, it looks like him and Jalen Hurts have a little bit of something working. Yeah, right. So I'm assuming they were playing practice squad uh, offense a little bit against uh, the Philly uh, defense. Um, It it seems like him and Greg Ward have have something. Um, Only five targets. No more, no less. Each of the last three games. Um, A lot of the Green Bay stuff was in garbage time. So I, I wouldn't. I don't think you can you touch can't it. Be, I guess maybe you 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 can't. You just can't do it. No, you're not. Not in the championship. You're not going to make it to the championship if you're starting Greg Ward. So, yeah, you're still looking for options though. But yeah. like, you never want to stop looking. I I would, I w- I would take Russell Gage over him. Same. Um, I, I would take um, Higgins over him. Obviously. Um, so he's he's at least third on the depth chart here. Yeah. Let's move to our next guy. You brought him up already. We've already talked about him a little bit. Russell Gage at Kansas City rostered in 21% of leagues. Double digit points in each of the last three games. 
uh, 25 targets combined over the last three games, touchdowns in two out of three. The guy has been on a tear and he's honestly been matchup proof. If you want to call it that, um, <laughs> yes, Tampa and the chargers suck, um, against receivers on defense, but new Orleans was not a slouch is not a slouch. And he had eight targets and turned it into a four for 50 uh, line with a touchdown to finish with 13 points at Kansas City, which, yet, I mean, not awful, not great. They're ninth, not great. They were yeah. ninth best against uh, receivers going into this week, only averaging 30 and a half fantasy points to receivers. But I mean, there's going to have to be some points scored in this game, right? You like Gage yeah, at all? Yeah, to, to, to Calvin Ridley. Um, it, again, we're only talking about Russell Gage if Julio doesn't play. If Russell Gage... Um, if Julio plays, is, then you're is, out. Yeah, if, if, he's, if he's truly the number two, then yeah, you can start him. Um, if Julio plays, you, you don't play Russell Gage. Um, I think you pick up Russell Gage only if Julio does not play. Um, or that's the reason why you should pick him up, assuming he's not going to play. Um, Atlanta's out of it for the season. Um, it's not a great matchup, but you know, more so than Greg Ward is the targets are there eight, seven, 10 over the last three games, uh, touchdown in two of the last three, um, double digit fantasy points in all three games. So, yeah, I think, um, I, I think he is the number two guy that you should be picking up this week, uh, behind Richard. I want to say I agree with that. I'm just a lot more leery on the Kansas City Chiefs matchup. I think that his best chance to score is maybe in garbage time in the fourth quarter. I don't particularly see this game being very close. Um, But but with with Kansas City being so good against wide receivers, that generally means they're taking out the number one wide receiver. So if they're shading everything over to Ridley and you have the Honey Badger kind of, you know, playing safety over the top against him. Um, you know, maybe that does open it up for for Gage at least slightly. The volume Ridley, would be there, right? Right, where where Ridley's clearly the number one. Uh Atlanta does not have any sort of semblance of a running game at this point where they're just gonna throw the ball a ton. And so no, that, Edo's that, the guy. <laughs> Edo or Hill or Gert, like it's just they, they got they literally have no running game. So um, the, the targets will for sure be there. Um, it doesn't matter when you get him as long as you get him, and, and he will. Next up, we have Zach Pascal, uh, Indiana at Pittsburgh this week. Zach Pascal rostered in a whopping 1% of leagues. Um, Uh-oh. had a monstrous week this week, 22 fantasy points. Uh, turned six targets into five for 80 yards and two scores. I mean, it's a one week wonder. You can't play him at yeah. Pittsburgh. Don't, don't do it. We're bringing him to your attention. Yeah. 22 points. Um, let somebody else have him. He'll put up two points. Um, and you can move on. He's clearly the wide receiver three there behind Pittman and TY. So who cares? Let him go. Um, Probably my number two pickup of the week behind Richard Higgins is Chad Hansen of Houston. Handsome. Uh, I'm calling him the Hansen one or the handsome one or I don't know, Mbop, like Mbopalicious. 
<laughs> did you ever listen to Hanson back in the day? Were you a big Hanson fan? Yep. Our uh, Mr. Dalkey, our bus driver on the way from our middle school to grade school to pick up our our grade school teacher, he let us sing um, karaoke into the um, overhead bus. Oh, um, this is fantastic. Microphone. It's like what so, dreams are made of. Yeah. The two songs that were generally sung um, between the the schools were Umbop by Hanson and Roller Coaster of Love, I think, were the, were the two that I remember. <laughs> Roller Coaster. Um, <laughs> oh, that's oh, like flu, the most... Flu, flu. That's the most um, middle American story I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um bop. Beep a dop fondue wop. Um, yeah, so Ch- Chad Hansen. Um, he's been good. Um, kind of taking over that number two role since since Fuller went down. Literally did not have a fancy point until after Fuller got suspended. Um, due to taking some drugs. So um, yeah, I mean, basically I had double digits. Um, every week last week, which is low, was his low output from a target perspective. Um, but Cincinnati seems like it was a good matchup, although Pittsburgh didn't do much against them this week. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I get, if you want to roll with him, uh, I, I prefer gauge, um, over him for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like him a lot. It's just the matchup I think makes me a little concerned, uh, since he giving up the second fewest fantasy points to receivers and only 24 a week. Um, which is obviously concerning. I think he's a desperation play. Uh, you mentioned his targets went down. He only had three targets against Indy. Granted, it's an Indianapolis defense that is very good. Uh, turned it into two catches for 55 and a score. Had seven targets in each of the two previous games, including right. the first game against Indy, which he had five catches for our, uh, just over 100 yards. Um, desperation play. Uh, you got it. I mean, the volume is going to be there. They're going to have to pass. Deshaun's going to have to move the ball. So the volume, I mean, he should at least have what? Five targets, I would guess. So I would think so. And they don't have a running game. So I get it. Yep. Next up, we, we have, uh, I think a couple deeper desperation heaves. Um, yeah. These are, these are quick ones again at the end here, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. The first up we have Tyron Johnson. Um, obviously, the receivers in LA are not healthy. Uh, Keenan Allen, um, particularly, um, Tyron Johnson has 12 targets in the last two games combined. Yeah. Also has touchdowns in back-to-back games, finishing double digits, obviously with, because of those touchdowns in each of the last two games. Has yeah. He's de- a deep threat too, where, you know, he might catch a bomb. Um, so he's there. I, I don't think he's, I you can't start him. No, I mean uh, the Broncos are seventh against receivers, so that would be quite the desperation heave uh, of Tyron Johnson. Um, do you like Kendrick Bourne more? Kendrick Bourne at Arizona, rostered in two percent of leagues. These are a couple two percent guys. Um, I like two percent more, just for the record. That's this what I grew week up on. against, or um, excuse me, week fifteen against Dallas. Four targets, four catches, 86 yards, and a score, 16 and a half fantasy points. Do you think he's startable at all against Arizona? Nope. Uh, 49 of those were on a last second Hail Mary. Um, that includes the touchdown. So he what, got a 12 point play uh, to end the game. Um, so he only had 16 for the week. 
Um, I'm assuming Debo is not coming back. So if you're super desperate, sure. You're fine. Keep going. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, K- Kendrick Bourne, fine. I, I wouldn't wouldn't bank on him at all. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Now, our last couple desperation heaves that we have here: Des Bryant, Lil Jordan Humphrey, and Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald. Uh, Des Bryant did get into the end zone this past week. You can't play him against the Giants. I can't believe that we even Ross mentioned him. I can't Throw believe the X man. I can't believe um, he's rostered in four percent of leagues. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is like the carcass is carcass's carcass of Larry Fitzgerald we, at this we point. We have a board we have a board bet between who scores more fantasy points of Larry Fitzgerald and Alan Lazard. Uh Fitzgerald is like five points behind Lazard in the season. So I have a chance. I don't care the fact that he was out for six weeks. Uh I'm counting it. There's no way I mean Lazard is wide receiver 71. Fitzgerald is in the 90s. That's only five points. He's yeah, he had a touchdown. He had a touchdown. It, the 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 rankings don't uh, update until tomorrow. It's by total points still oh. on ESPN. So that that will not update before the end of the week. And then my guy, I just wanted to highlight here. Hold on, I I have a little um, little prop here for the for the end of the segment uh, with with little Jordan Humphrey. Um, here's my daughter's high chair, and so I I literally was so excited. Um, to find out that somebody's name was Little Jordan Humphrey, um, where I don't know if he fits in this high chair or not, but his freaking name is Little Jordan. I couldn't not, I could not not put him on the list. Lil Jordan, that's awesome. I love him. I want him to be a fantastic wide receiver. He caught a touchdown this week, and I hope he catches three this week. Will Jordan. We're wasting the people's time. Uh, he had four targets, two catches for yes. 29 yards and a score. Will Jordan. Mini. Yes, I understand it's Minnesota. You're not starting Lil Jordan Humphrey at Minnesota. You're, <laughs> no, you're not. There's no way in hell. But um, I would love if he caught a touchdown again this week. I love it. Baby MJ. All right. Uh, tight end ads. There's a couple out there that are around 50% ownership. Um, I mean, the one that you have to add everywhere is Logan Thomas of the Washington football team, right? Um, rostered in 53% of leagues, scored 16 and a half fantasy points this week. I was worried about Dwayne Haskins. I should not have been. Uh, he had 15 targets, 13 catches, 100 yards against Seattle, up against Carolina this week. I mean, you got to be liking that. Uh, the Panthers are 27th against the tight end position, giving up 17 points per game to tight ends. So he's the only guy. He's the guy. Yeah. He's we've mentioned him in the past. He's clearly the guy. Um, uh, You know, tight ends so thin. If he's available, he might be the priority waiver out of the week. If you're hurting a tight end, if he's going to have that many targets, that many catches and Haskins is just going to check down the whole game. Then yeah, it's Logan Thomas. No doubt. Uh, other guys that are right around 50% are Tyler Higby and Austin Hooper. Do you have a preference out of them at all? I would say Hooper. If I would definitely head. prefer Hooper. I cannot start uh, a Rams player uh, against Seattle. 
Um, just, just can't do it. I, I'd much rather take Hooper. All right. And uh, do you think Cole Komet is viable even after the Cole Komet letdown? Yeah, I feel like he got talked up a little bit right this week um, where, you know, what what are we going to do with Cole Komet? Um, and then he kind of didn't do anything uh, against a somewhat vulnerable Minneapolis um you know, defense, but he played 100% of snaps. Yeah. So literally one, that's crazy for a tight end to be in on 100% of plays. Um, and so just looking at that going forward, you know, yeah, desperation play week 16, but I kind of like his chances next year as definitely being a top 15 tight end. Um, the only thing, the only other person that's out there, is good old George Kittle. Um, Kittle is rostered in 74% of leagues, which means in 26% of leagues, he needs to be added. He is lobbying to play in week 16. If he plays, you have to start him, right? Am I, I'm not imagining that, am I? Like you have to start, you have to start Kittle if he plays. You're going to start a tight end 20 in your last... Yeah, of course you're starting Kittle if he plays. Um, he has tight end one upside, um, even though even though it's still going to be Kelsey or, or Waller. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, Kittle's a, a top five tight end um, if he plays. So pick him up if he's available. Um, he's a freaking man. There you go. Um one late add to the waiver wire I want to put in is actually Benny Snell. Uh, Benny Snell is only rostered in 27% of leagues. Um, Benny Snell finished the game against Cincinnati with 18 rushing attempts for 84 yards and a score. Had three catches for 23 yards as well. Finished the game with 18 fantasy points. I mean, you have to. You have, have to, to add be, him. You, you have, have to, to add him. Um, Connor was inactive against the Bengals because of a quad injury. Connor was so. expected to play and was kind of a scratch Monday afternoon. Um, I don't know. There was only there was only two viable guys in the entire offense this week, and it was Deontay Johnson and Benny Snell. Um, if Connor plays, Snell isn't, and even if Connor plays, I don't think Connor is. So <laughs> like you're you're basically hoping that that they have a bounce back um the the last week here um they're playing their, the their offenses their offenses look so bad for they're, 3 weeks now yeah. that I just uh, it's tough they're playing the Colts at home on Sunday um now Connor missed weeks 12 and 13 on the COVID list and Snell started both games and played 71% and 46% of the snaps in a win and a loss. So he played less when they were losing. Um, Snell was the favorite, even though they were down in this game. I don't know. I, you would have to be extremely desperate to play him. Although, Indy is actually all the way down in the last month because of injuries. 
Indy is all the way down at 28th against running backs, uh, giving up 29 fantasy points per game to the position. Now on the season, they're more middle of the road, but they've they've been digged up and kind of run over the last month. So maybe he is viable if uh, if Connor happens to sit week 16. So that's another. I hate. I hate it. I do too. I, I get. I get why you do it. I hate a, it. It's that's tough. He's got to be a. I mean, he's a flex play. He's at least a top thirty-six play, potentially a low end of running back to high end flex play. If he's a starting running back, he had eighteen touches, eighteen rushing attempts, and twenty-one touches. Like you have to take the volume. Frank Gore had twenty-three carries this week, but you ain't running out and starting him. Oh baby, Frank Gore. Woof. How was uh, how was the before we go? How was the Bachelorette finale? I was gonna. All right. Well, there we go. I was gonna get into it, but we have to. So newsy I, stuff. Only because you said that. Newsy stuff. Now I. I've been looking forward Spoil- to this. Spoiler warning. <laughs> ben is back. I brought. I talked about it last week. I was upset that Ben was gone. Ben was my boy. He shit the bed and couldn't man up and tell Tasha how he felt. Uh, he was a blubbering mess when she sent him home because he couldn't even tell her that he loved her or was falling in love with her. So she sent his ass packing because she thought that they were on two different wavelengths. So uh, it was the fantasy week. Fantasy sweet week. Um, so it's actually, I thought it was the so finale. So hold on. It's, it's week 16 of the fantasy playoffs. And it's the the week 16 of the bachelorette playoffs. We were down to four. We were down to uh, Ivan, uh, Zach, Brendan. We were, well, we were down to three, Ivan, Zach, and Brendan. Brendan uh, is not over the damage of being uh, divorced and is not ready to fall in love again. So he removed himself from the show. So we thought it's we were down. Tough. We thought we were down to Zach <coughs> and Ivan. Excuse me. Zach is by far and away the front runner. I mean, like the girl melts over him. Ivan, sorry, buddy. You're going to finish in second place to, to Zach. But the dark horse who came back, we thought he was my favorite was Ben. Ben got sent home because he couldn't tell her that he loved her. But then you know what he did? He, he never left. He, when he got sent home, he never left. And he said, I can't leave until I tell you how I feel. And so he came back. He professed his love to Tasha right Romantic. before the rose ceremony. And so he's in the highlights for tomorrow night's finale finale. The fun, the finale of the finale. Um, so Wait, tonight I, wasn't the finale. I thought, I thought it was. was. It's a two. It's a two night finale. I don't know what that uh, means. Okay. Okay. Two nights, sense. two hours each night. So four hours of bachelorette glory. Um. So it'll be interesting. I think it's between Zach and Ben. My my gut tells me she's going to go with Zach because he's safe. Ben is if she wants to risk it. So I, I don't know. I would. I would bet Zach. Well, good luck to them. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Not my thing, but I get it. Hey, man, everybody needs to be loved. So uh, I've heard that's all you need, actually. Da, 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 da. Have a good night. Thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media. Again, 
We are only 998,791 Twitter followers away from a milli. Um, Lil Wayne wrote that song about our Twitter follower count amount. So just saying, if Lil Wayne's going to be writing songs about how many people follow us on Twitter, that maybe you guys should consider it. Um, Yeah. That's all I got. Follow us. Uh, Listen to us. uh, A milli, a milli, a milli. Uh, good night. By the way, if you have any uh, questions, shoot them to us. YouTube page at the FF Sackos on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got your back. Good luck this week. And your front. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.